Morning prayer begins on page four, and our psalms this morning are Psalms 61 and 62 on page 413 through page 414. Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion, put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Together the Venite. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hands are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him, for he cometh. For he cometh to judge the earth, and with righteousness to judge the world, and the peoples with his truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 61, on page 413. Hear my crying, O God. Give ear unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I call upon thee, when my heart is in heaviness. O set me up upon the rock that is higher than I, for thou hast been my hope and a strong tower for me against the enemy. I will dwell in thy tabernacle forever, and my trust shall be under the covering of thy wings. For thou, O Lord, hast heard my desires, and hast given a heritage unto those that fear thy name. Thou shalt grant the king a long life, that his years may endure throughout all generations. He shall dwell before God forever. O prepare thy loving mercy and faithfulness, that they may pres preserve him. So will I always sing praise unto thy name, that I may daily perform my vows. My soul truly waiteth still upon God, for of him cometh my salvation. He verily is my strength and my salvation. He is my defense, so that I shall not greatly fall. How long will ye imagine mischief against every man? Ye shall be slain all the sword of you. Yea, as a tottering wall shall ye be, and like a broken hedge. Their device is only how to put him out, whom God will exalt. Their delight is in lies. They give good words with their mouth, but curse with their heart. Nevertheless, my soul, wait thou still upon God, for my hope is in him. He truly is my strength and my salvation. He is my defense, so that I shall not fall. In God is my health and my glory, the rock of my might, and in God is my trust. O put your trust in him alway, ye people. Pour out your hearts before him, for God is our hope. 
As for the children of men, they are but vanity. The children of men are deceitful. Upon the weights they are altogether lighter than vanity itself. O trust not in wrong and robbery, give not yourselves unto vanity. If riches increase, set not your heart upon them. God spake once and twice. I have also heard the same, that power belongeth unto God. And that thou, Lord, art merciful, for thou rewardest every man according to his work. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 21st verse of the 21st chapter of the book of Proverbs. He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness and honor. A wise man scales the city of the mighty and bring da brings down the trusted stronghold. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. A proud and haughty man, scoffer, is his name. He acts with arrogant pride. The desire of the lazy man kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. He covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. How much more when he brings it with wicked intent? A false witness shall perish, but the man who hears him will speak endlessly. A wicked man hardens his face, but as for the upright, he establishes his way. There is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverances, deliverance is of the Lord. Here ends the first lesson. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 18th verse of the first chapter of Colossians. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your body by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ, 
for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the fullness assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Not this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words, for though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, who knowest us to be set in the midst of many and great dangers, that by reason of the frailty of our nature we cannot always stand upright, grant to us such strength and protection as may support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom. Defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all. In Colossians yesterday, we talked a little bit about um, probably some form of Gnosticism that lays behind the sort of threat to the church in Colossae. And um, you, you can't piece it exactly together, but one of the uh, terms that was associated with early, early Gnostic belief was this idea of fullness that there's this fullness of God that existed beyond human comprehension and therefore, and, and there were sort of emanations from God, little spirit beings who, who would come down and give special gnosis and one um, would, in, in the more developed forms of Gnosticism, one would ascend into knowledge by special secret esoteric revelation and ascend then into the fullness in a Gnostic way. So when he, he begins um, the, um, the, the, the section today by, by saying in verse 19 that it pleased the Father that in Christ all the fullness should dwell. St. Paul is really undermining this sort of Gnostic idea of the fullness dwelling far away in something that we have to kind of work our way and find in esoteric ways through special teachers, more into the idea that, that the fullness of God exists in Christ. And, and this, is, this passage of Colossians is one of the clearest statements of, of who Jesus is as the pre-existent Son of God. It goes along with John 1 where it says, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Here, he says, um, you know, all things were created by him in verse 16, in heaven and earth, visible and invisible. All things are for him, are by him and for him, created through Christ. The Father creates through the Son, by the Spirit in the beginning, and then they're for him. In the end, all things are for Christ. He is the heir, and we being in Christ, baptized into Christ, our heirs with him, and he's the head of the body of the church. So the idea that the fullness of everything we need from God for salvation is in Christ. We don't have to go searching for it, looking for it by secret esoteric knowledge. Now, there is this, of course, paradox that all the fullness is in Christ, and as he says later in a lesson today, Christ is in us through the baptismal gift of the Spirit. Um, we don't fully yet 
um, understand the fullness. We don't know God fully, so we grow in our understanding. And the paradox is we receive it all in baptism through faith, but we grow in our understanding of God through prayer and as we just grow into who we are. But it's not a quest for something beyond us that we need sort of secret leader or in some strange way to get to it. It's a growth into what we already have, seeing God who, whom we know but can't know. It's like it's like the um, the paradox of the blessing where the peace of God, which just passes all understanding. We, we know the peace of God, but we can't fully grasp the peace of God. That's the kind of proper perspective of Christian growth. And the other thing about the difference between the Christian understanding of what, what happens in Christ, it's, it's a personal moral transformation where we move away from sin and disobedience and towards obedience and especially love, love for God and love for others. Sometimes the Gnostic idea of salvation was largely a mental idea of growing in the knowledge of God, to know God in an esoteric way. It didn't always touch uh, the lives of the people to so to make their lives better. They're actually not. You didn't didn't do anything. You know, better in the world to love. And sometimes that was a Gnostic idea that salvation was completely spiritual. So what you did didn't matter as much. It's one reason that Saint Paul is always talking about the need to love the brethren. We have to the manifestation, the fact that we're in Christ through the Spirit, we live in Him is is uh, manifested in our love for God and for each other in tangible ways that shows that this is it. And the main thing he says about the, the danger of being drawn away is we have to continue in this faith in Christ. If we continue in it, we already are accepted by God. Our sins are already forgiven and we're going into this reality and the temptation to be drawn away into something else. And in the world we live in, there's often this idea that, you know, there's there's other ways to, to God and other way, things we need. And uh, that's not what the New Testament teaches us. It teaches us that in Christ has all we need. We're going into him. We're understanding him more fully, but we don't need anything else other than him to save us. And we already have that. And that's the grace of the Christian life. So a few thoughts on Colossians today. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, 
Father of all mercies, we, thy unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unpaintedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives.